0: Hiya! It's Carol here from Kicking Habits, a weekly show sharing stories, skills and techniques to help you take back control of the habit or addiction in your life. I'm going to be bringing you some fantastic guests to talk about their stories on how they conquered their habits along with some professionals in the field who will bring their knowledge and expertise to the show. Maybe you found yourself here because you're sick and tired of the rinse and repeat cycle of your habit or addiction then tune in and take away some nuggets to get you started on your journey to freedom. Enjoy the show! Hey, how you doing? I'm coming this week with... I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) I just jumped off my networking, come network with me, Sarah Cook. If you're into networking and you're a business person listening to this, then I would highly recommend looking up, come network with me, with Sarah. It is an amazing group of professional women and it's so supportive. So I was chatting to one of the girls, Karen, on there today and saying, oh, I've got my podcast to record. I love doing my podcast, but I'm really stuck on what to talk about today. I've been away for three weeks And you've been listening to pre-recorded things. And last week I was back uh, and I did my recording. But this week, I just thought, what do I really want to talk about? You know what it's like when you've been on holiday and you have to come back to work. I mean, it's great working for yourself, but when there's only you to jeer yourself up and only you to give yourself a kick up the backside, and that's what we've been talking about in the networking group this morning that I've just got off. And I just thought, you know what, I'll just record my podcast now while it's still fresh in my head because a lot of us beat ourselves up for not doing what we think we should and that's the big fat word, should be doing. And I got back from my three weeks holiday. I did a little bit of work. Um, I do some part-time work for um a very successful entrepreneur. And I always make sure that their work's done. And <laughs> my work, I can sit there faffing. And we are talking about faffing and how we faff. And I think... When you're in business for yourself, it's really easy to let the hours tick by and procrastinate and you know you've got something to do and you just think, oh, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. And then you don't get it done that day and then you think, right, I'm going to get it done today, definitely, and then something distracts you or you need to go and shopping or, you know, my hubby has just gone out the door shopping because I said to him, well, I'll finish my Networking group at 11. We'll go shopping then. Anyway, he's, he's literally gone about 10 minutes ago and I could have gone with him, but never mind. I've had my fresh air. We've been out walking Dizzy this morning. Dizzy dog is back on the scene, which is so lovely. Um, we She was our neighbour's dog and she got rehomed back in June. And we didn't see her for a couple of months and I really missed her and I stuck my neck out <laughs> and I actually contacted um, the neighbour. She uh, rehomed her to one of her friends. Um, so I asked my neighbour for the friend who had Dizzy a uh, uh, number and I was very, very cheeky. And um, I sent her a WhatsApp message and just said, I'm really missing Dizzy. Is it possible to come and walk her once a week? And she very kindly said yes. Uh, So it's the first time we've seen Dizzy. We've been back from holiday almost three weeks. um, And um, the new owner has dropped her off at our house. So we're out at, what, 8 o'clock this morning? No, 8.30 this morning walking her, which was super, because it's gorgeous blue skies today here in Rutland. And just going out, walking. And I've been trying to record some of my usual... um, videos that I do when I'm walking which I really enjoy doing and you know what it, oh it's just a nightmare falling over my words not getting what I wanted to say out and I gave up in the end I think I had three tries and I just thought you know what so that's where I'm at at the minute hmm. and then I was thinking about um, sober October so I don't know if you've had time out whether you've just had a couple of weeks, whether you've just not done it and carried on drinking. So I don't know where you're at with your drinking at the moment. I know when I did Sober October, I just white-knuckled it the whole way through and couldn't wait for the 1st of November. So I was thinking about all the people, and maybe you're listening, all the people that have just been desperate for the 1st of November to come around. And now we're the 3rd of November, so you've had three days drinking. So maybe you were only a weekend drinker and because the 1st of November fell in the middle of the week, did you drink in the week even though you don't normally because you were so desperate to make up for what you had lost out on? And I think when we have a habit that's so ingrained in our brains, And it's so used to having that drink. Sometimes we have to make up for it. It's a bit like if you put pressure on yourself to watch what you're eating and maybe cut out sugar and treats. And then you decide that maybe Saturday is your treat day and not had anything all week. And then Saturday, Saturday, you go crazy. I had one of those days. I was feeling really fed up. Just, I think it's post-holiday blues. And just thinking, oh, I, I really need to motivate myself and give myself a kick up the backside. And I went, I popped into the supermarket for some bread. And I had a real sweet tooth. So I went and bought a Terry's chocolate orange two vanilla slices which go right back to my childhood my mum used to buy vanilla slices Um, she used to cut a tiny little bit off for me so they're a real treat for me and then i bought a packet of revels and i bought something else as well what did i buy i bought four different things Mm. oh it was some little coconut Um, snowballs we call them you can get the big snowballs they're sort of marshmallow in the inside and they're covered in chocolate with desiccated coconut on top they had some packets of mini ones and I opened them up in the car and I ate the lot before I got home and the shop is basically five minutes drive away so I had such a sugar head on and I think it was because I'd been depriving myself of it because I, we we went to Sicily on holiday and I had a lot of the cannolis, so the the um, tube like things with the um, ricotta cheese inside, and they were so yummy. And we had one probably most days. So coming down from that sugar addiction that I had on holiday because yeah, you're on holiday, you can eat what you like. Um. And then coming back and pulling back that craving because I've got to be really careful because I, we've got diabetes in our family. It runs in on all the female side, both my dad's side and my mum's side. And I've been pre-diabetic a couple of times. So I just have to be really careful. So I was reining it in and because I was reining it in, I felt deprived. And that's why I absolutely went crazy. I didn't eat. The chocolate orange and the revels and the vanilla slices as soon as I got home I did feel rather sick when I'd eaten all the snowballs but it's very much like Sober October and depriving yourself you feel so deprived and you're missing out and I remember when I did it my husband said don't expect me to give up for a month and he just carried on drinking and he has beer in the week and, and wine at the weekends. And I used to smell the drink when I was taking that month off. And I would be longing for a drink, but I would white knuckle my whole way through and think, no, no, no. I tried previous times before and never made it. I probably done two weeks or three weeks and that was it. But it's very much like depriving yourself for the whole month of alcohol and waiting for the 1st of November or the 1st of February if you do dry January because you know that you can have a drink but what's changed the only thing that's changed is that you've white knuckled your way through the month and you've proved to yourself that you can take a whole month off alcohol but were you aware of the changes and the differences that actually made I mean, did you sleep better? Was your skin better? Did you have more energy? Probably because you were sleeping better. Did maybe you drop a few pounds? Because alcohol's roughly got about 650 calories in it. Were you less moody? Did you want to do things? Did you want to go out at the weekends? You know, how? Just reflect back on that time. Or did you spend the whole month being miserable and grumpy because you weren't allowed to have a drink or you weren't allowing yourself to have a drink? And that was me. That was me when I'd had a heavy weekend. And on a Monday, I would say, right, that's it. And Mondays were okay. By Tuesdays, I was being, feeling grumpy because I really did want to have a drink at the end of my working day. <laughs> and then Wednesday would come and I'd just cave. But if I managed to get to the weekend, I would be so such a grumpy draws with my husband and with myself and I'd have this pity party poor old me I can't have what I really want it's not fair and I'd be stamping my feet like a toddler my brain would be going oh go on Carol you've deserved it go on you've had a hard day you need it to de-stress go on that whisper you get but you would fight it And then what happens on the 1st of November? Whether it's in the week, you know, and you only drink at weekends normally, you want to make up for it. You want to make up for it. And you think, oh, I'll just have the one. Or you get yourself a bottle of wine or whatever your thing is. And you totally go overboard. Well, majority of people probably do, unless you've really got a self-discipline, which I didn't have around alcohol. And I don't know many people that do, to be fair, that that use it, you know, to chill and de-stress and relax and use it for lots of different things. Those wonderful people that can self-moderate, they'll, well, they won't be listening to my podcasts because, you know, if you can just decide whether or not you're going to drink that day or whether you'll fancy a drink at the weekend and you think, nah, you know what, I'm not really bothered, Um they're not the people that will be listening to this podcast. I'm guessing that you're listening to this podcast because you find it really hard to take a break. Um, Maybe deep down you think, yeah, you really do know that you're drinking too much. So maybe you've taken a break with the 3rd of November and maybe you've just gone overboard. Maybe you're now thinking, "Mm, maybe I really do need to cut back and you probably feel rubbish you're probably not sleeping very well because it's a big sleep disruptor. you're probably foggy-headed in the morning maybe you're a bit moody maybe you're really annoyed and cross with yourself because you're back to square one and you've not really learned anything during that month of not drinking but I challenge you to think back of Those times where you did feel good. That you were really proud of yourself. And that you know you can do it. And yet willpower might work for a month, but long term it doesn't. You've got to change your mindset and thinking around your drinking. To make some real changes. And it is all about mindset and it's all about why we like to drink and looking at the reasons why we drink. And often, you know, it is because we want to relax at the end of the day or it's stress. Maybe you're unhappy. We use alcohol to numb emotionally. Often, you know, there's some underlying emotions going on. And maybe there's been some trauma in your life and you're drinking because you just you know, want to get away from those thoughts and feelings that that brings up for you. We use alcohol for lots of different reasons. So let me give you some tips. If you are back to drinking and you don't want to be in that space or you want to have more control over that habit and that month you've taken off or the few weeks or any time that you've taken off has really not made any difference, then the best thing to do is to educate yourself while you're still drinking and get some books and listen to some podcasts like this one. And there's lots of others out there. If you're a journaler, do some journaling. Um, you'll often find that there's um, triggers that set you off. Uh, I'm not going to go into the science side of things. Um, you know, our brain is an amazing organ amazing and um if you've been drinking long enough uh you know most days or even if at weekends you've just been a weekend binger for long enough your brain just gets used to that uh buzz which is what we get isn't it it's all about the dopamine and that 20 minute buzz because it only lasts about 20 minutes half an hour And then we're chasing the buzz and never get that same euphoric feeling again. And that's that artificial dopamine hit that we get because it is artificial because wine isn't a natural thing. You know, I got my dopamine hit this morning out walking the dog with hubby um, and it was gorgeous. And that was my feel good dopamine hit for today. And I get dopamine in lots of different ways. Uh, Natural dopamine hits that is. So... If you're back to drinking, first of all, you know, don't beat yourself up. Don't give yourself a hard time. It's just about rethinking things and look at other ways that you can educate yourself around alcohol because knowledge is powerful, but it's only powerful if you put it into practice. If you can read all the books, listen to all the podcasts, go on courses, have a coach like me, but if you don't put the things into practice, then things are not going to change. I've just finished a Sober October with my Mindspace mental health charity where I volunteer and I run a 30-day program every quarter. And there was someone on that course that's been on the 30 day programme with me before uh, and found it really hard to implement. Um, This time round, they actually managed six days, which was amazing for them. And it's just taking those little tiny steps. Um, There's some statistics out there. I'm a This Naked Mind coach and uh, International Coaching Federation taught, um, integrative coach. And it, it takes between eight and 13 times to actually manage to stop. If you want to stop full time, that is, I did. I didn't think about stopping forever. It wasn't on my radar. I just did a 30 days, which is a program that I offer. I do this the 30 days first. And then what I did is I actually went on to do, an extra three months after that. And then I just carried on. And I found around the 90-day mark, which a lot of people do, you know, it's sort of about 12 weeks really to change a habit. Um, and it was around about that 90 days that I that something just clicked with me. But sometimes you've just got to keep. Getting back on, you know, the learning and getting back on the listening and and getting into community groups and being with like-minded people for things to change. Because if you try and do it under your own steam, it's really hard. I mean, I tried for over a decade. It was so difficult because I didn't have any backup. I didn't have any... any process I didn't have any program to follow I weren't with other people you know people down the pub would be like Carol just have a drink you haven't got a problem you know just just have a drink and people feel uncomfortable if you've been a big drinker I mean, I was a bottle of wine plus a night at home, but I would go down the pub and probably have three large glasses. I'd probably start with two pints of lager and that would be heavy duty lager, um, like 5% lager. I'd have two pints of that and then I'd start on the wine and I'd have three large glasses of wine, which is a bottle. Um, And then I'd come home and start cooking um, you know we used to go out Friday tea time around about half past five and then Saturday would go again about five o'clock half past five so I'd have all that drink and then come home start cooking tea and then open a bottle of wine and me and Clive would have wine in addition to what we'd had down the pub but if you know when I started going down the pub when I wasn't drinking it was only because I'd read books and spoken to other people and, and was in groups that I knew what to say and how to plan ahead for me going down there, and um, not the willpower. it wasn't it wasn't willpower I was using. It was um, all the knowledge that I'd gained from the reading and the listening that I'd done and being in the groups and having accountability. And I didn't want to let people down too. And I was doing it for me. I wasn't doing it for somebody else. You know, you get people that are saying I'm doing it for my grandkids, doing it for my kids, doing it for my husband. The only problem with that is it can it can cause I'm not saying it does, but it can cause resentment because then if you do cave in. You. You might get some back word from whoever you were doing it from. Well, I knew you couldn't do it anyway. And that causes issues or you feel guilty because they might have made a remark or said something. So if you are going to take a break, you really need to do it for yourself. And it was only through that education going down to the pub that I was able to say, well, actually, I'm not drinking at the minute. And you know you can come up with an excuse. You can you, you can come up with a, a not an excuse but a a phrase that says you know I'm up early in the morning for work. I'm on medication. I'm on a health kick journey. I'm not drinking at the minute. And you will get ribbed, and you will get a dig in the ribs from people who are you you're used to drinking in those social groups because you're not drinking really shines a light on their drinking and they think, well, you know, Carol doesn't drink that much. I probably drink as much as Carol, if not more, maybe I've got a problem with drinking. And it, it shines a mirror and sort of reflects on their behavior around alcohol too. So they can feel quite uncomfortable with you taking a break. So, Educating yourself around making a plan before you go out, find out if they've got alcohol-free alternatives um, or alcohol alternatives, obviously alcohol-free drinks. Um, Think about what you're going to say if anybody asks you why you're not drinking. um, There's lots of things, lots of strategies that you can put in place. So there's a couple of tips for you. So if you've started drinking again and you're thinking you might want to take a break again, then get in touch with me. My email is in the show notes. I'll be happy to send you some free resources and point to some um, sober communities because being around like-minded people and sharing your experiences is really powerful. And especially if you're doing it at home, And you're on your own and your partner um, is not, you know, following an alcohol-free break like you, then it's it's really helpful. Knowledge is power, but it's only powerful if you put it into practice. So (laughs) hope that was helpful for you. And I haven't waffled too much and uh, if there's any um, subjects you want me to talk about just drop me a line any challenges you've got it's completely anonymous but just let me know and I'd be more than happy to cover any subject that you're having a challenge around so take care and uh, I'll catch you next week bye thank you so much for listening today If you've enjoyed the episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a review. If you've been left with a question from today's episode, then please drop me a line. I love to answer listeners' questions as it adds to the flavour of the show. And of course, it's completely anonymous. All links are in the show notes, and I'm looking forward to sharing again next week and helping you to find your path to freedom. It really does take courage to take that first step. But remember, nothing changes. If nothing changes,